Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. Today is September 22nd, 2021, and our first story. A Chinese defector said he warned the U.S. that China intentionally released an illness at the World Military Games in Wuhan back in November of 2019. If we had taken this warning seriously, we could have averted all of the economic destruction and the crisis. But new leaked documents say that there was intention to release some kind of airborne vaccine. This is the Telegraph reporting very interesting stuff. In our next story, the Biden administration caught in a lie. They have been secretly releasing thousands of illegal immigrants into the U.S. at a time when they're claiming to resist and oppose it. And in our last story, Black Lives Matter says vaccine mandates are racist. And you know what? They're right. I agree. Before we get into these stories, make sure you leave us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really do like this show, please tell your friends about it to help support our work. Now, let's get into that first story. In a shocking revelation, a defector from China has stated they warned the U.S. intelligence agencies that China may have leaked a virus at the World Military Games in Wuhan back in 2019, apparently in November. But the warnings went unheeded. Now, in an interview, this defector is saying he believes China intentionally released this virus. I mean, he tried warning nearly two years ago, and it was unheeded. Perhaps if we had listened to this man, we would not be in this massive lockdown, or perhaps it doesn't really matter. For one thing, this guy is said to be a whistleblower and a defector, and it's true. But he did spend 18 years in a Chinese prison for being a dissenter. Naturally, this man probably has some biases against the Chinese Communist Party. And that makes it hard to know whether he's just saying something sensational or if he has some real reason to believe this would be the case. Challenge, I suppose, is that he hasn't been in China. He has no expertise in any particular fields. He's not a whistleblower on COVID. He's just someone we should have listened to a long time ago. But a lot of people are starting to come around to lab leak theory. More and more people are bringing it up. More and more more people are believing it. And even The Lancet, who once came out and said, no, no, it's naturally occurring, says, "Okay, maybe we do need to investigate this because some ain't right. And we have a new revelation, this time coming out of, I believe it's the Telegraph. Telegraph says Wuhan scientists plan to release coronavirus particles into cave bats. Leaked papers reveal. Now, this one's interesting. When you combine the stories, it starts to look more like China was trying to stop coronaviruses and may have actually made things substantially worse. Now, we don't know. I mean, you have this defector saying it was intentionally done. 
It's hard to know for sure if that is the case, but we do know from one report they were intentionally planning on releasing particles. They were in the article. It says they were planning gain of function research, creating chimeric viruses that would better infect humans. The idea, I suppose they claim, was to basically block the virus before it could make the leap or something to that effect. Strange. I don't know what to believe other than we really do need to understand the origin of this virus. For one, if China actually did this on purpose, we're talking about an act of war. Now, maybe nobody has the appetite for war. Maybe the intelligence agencies know this and they're just saying, what's it going to accomplish by going to war with China when the real wars are being fought via fourth and fifth generational tactics, economics and propaganda for one, and maybe small pressure campaigns in the South China Sea? We may be sitting here demanding some kind of retaliation, and maybe that's why they're not going to come out and publicly state it's true. Or maybe that's why they're slowly easing us into it. It's hard to know for sure. I think Joe Biden's administration has done so much that benefits China to a great degree that I can't imagine that they're actively working against them. In fact, in this new leak, this new revelation, China and the U.S. were working together on this project, in which case If lab leak is true, and it seems to be, I mean, just look at Jon Stewart. He certainly believes it. It seems that this was a huge screw up at the very least, which is causing global devastation. And we should hold people accountable for this. But as long as powerful interests shield those who are responsible, they'll get away with it. Now, I'm not sure that our number one issue right now needs to be justice and accountability. We need to be focusing on fixing our economy, as most people, according to 530, I should say many people, according to 538, are saying, I am really worried about the economy. We should be focused on getting people back to work and getting food and supplies to people. We also need to consider that the people who are responsible for this, should it have been a lab leak, need to be stopped. And the only way we do that is if we know who they are, lest we experience this all over again. Now, Let's take a look at what this defector had to say. Maybe you'll believe him. Maybe he's got good evidence. Maybe he's just saying something he read in the news. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get access to the TimCast members only section, which has new shows launching very soon. You will also get an advertisement free experience on all of our latest articles and your membership funds our journalists. We have reporters on the ground actually going to events interviewing people and, and, and showing public sentiment at these protests. We want to do more. We're preparing to launch some documentaries and some shows. We have new member shows coming up really soon. Become a member. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends. Let's read the first story from the New York Post exclusive. China's most famous defector to America warned U.S. intelligence agencies of coronavirus in 2019. They say Wei Jingshen. The father of China's democracy movement reveals in a new book what really happened in Wuhan, that he first heard of a mysterious new virus at the time of the World Military Games in Wuhan in October 2019. Highly alarmed, the former Chinese Communist Party insider, whose defection to the U.S. in 1997 made global news, alerted intelligence agencies, a U.S. politician with links to the president and Chinese human rights activist Demon Liu. Asked if he had any sense in the intelligence, if uh, any, any sense the intelligence agencies were taking seriously his intelligence about a new virus in Wuhan. 70-year-old Wei said, I felt they were not as heavily concerned as I was, so I tried my best to provide more detailed information. They may not believe there is a government that there, that there is a government of a country that would do something like that, 
cover up a virus. So I kept repeating myself in an effort to try to persuade them. Wei said he was very worried because whichever way the communist regime released the virus, I felt that the West was not prepared. It was not until December 31st that China involuntarily alerted the World Health Organization. There was an outbreak in Wuhan. Beijing denied COVID-19 was contagious until January 20th, 2020, when it admitted there was evidence of human-to-human transmission. Wei, who spent 18 years in Chinese prisons for objecting to the communist regime, is highly respected on both sides of politics and has forged relationships with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Wei said he found out about the virus from high-level contacts in Beijing. So let me just pause for a minute. Maybe it's wrong of me to say he doesn't have any of that expertise. No, perhaps there are high ranking dissenters in China who know he is a vector to get information out to the United States and to the world. And that's his connection. Maybe this should have been investigated. Quote, I talked to Diamond and some other American politicians in the House of the danger of the situation, he said. There were officials from the White House at the time as well. In November 2019, Wei would not reveal which politician he told. I'm not sure if this politician wants me to talk to talk about him right now, but I want to say he is a high enough politician, high enough to be able to reach the president of the United States. David Asher, the State Department official who spearheaded the task force into the origins of COVID-19, said the opportunity presented by Wei's warnings was like stopping 9-11 before it happened. Asher said the U.S. government had other crucial pieces of early warning evidence in late 2019, but it failed to connect the dots. He said the U.S. government first had intelligence about Wuhan's about Wuhan Institute of Virology workers falling sick with COVID in late 2019, a year before he discovered it during his investigation into the origins of the virus for the State Department. By then, 1.7 million people worldwide had died from COVID-19. Asher said he was shocked when he found out, quote, we actually could have had foreknowledge We could have known in November 2019 that there was a disaster occurring inside Wuhan. Instead, their most important biological facilities related to coronavirus research. I'm sorry, inside their most important facilities. It was something absolutely tragic, traumatic and dramatic that was occurring and we could have reacted to it. The whole world could have been different. It would have been like stopping 9-11 before it happened. China's authorities were acting to suppress news of the Wuhan outbreak, purging the Internet of social media posts and news stories and disappearing dissidents and whistleblowers who attempted to sound a warning. Social media reports about a new coronavirus did not emerge until late December 2019, and it was not until the end of January 2020 that the US, Australia, and New Zealand closed borders to travelers from China. Liu reveals in quote, what really happened in Wuhan, that Wei told her about the virus on November 22, 2019, at a dinner where her husband, former CIA agent Robert Sudinger, was also present. Present. I could not quite believe what he was saying at the time. I had thought that the coronavirus could not be worse than SARS. And SARS, as we knew from experience, was not that contagious and it could be contained. I thought at the time that was the case. Okay, there was an outbreak, but the authorities and the advance of medical sciences would be able to contain the spread of it. In the book, Liu details the race to get information about the new virus to the White House and her uncertainty about it. After Wei's visit, she wrote a memo of what he had divulged to her and suiting her. She intended to pass it on to President Trump, uh, President Trump's deputy national security advisor, Matt Pottinger. But I didn't send it to him because so many things were so incredulous. I wrote it, but I didn't send it because I decided it was better that Wei talk directly to Matt Pottinger. Wei says in the book, in the past several decades, the CCP's capacity to seal information is hard to be understood by you Westerners. Interestingly, 
We saw this story from the Washington Post, June 23rd, 2021. This is from Washington Post. Congress is investigating whether the 2019 Military World Games in Wuhan was a COVID-19 super spreader event. Followed by this story, August 3rd, GOP report says October 2019 Wuhan Military Games were, quote, one of the earliest super spreader events. They concluded that to be the case. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply this is actually really fascinating let me show you what the washington post report now mind you it's an opinion piece by josh rogan in october 2019 more than 9000 international athletes from more than 100 countries traveled to wuhan china and many of them later got sick with COVID-19-like symptoms. But there has never been a real investigation into whether the virus that causes COVID-19 was already spreading at the Wuhan Military World Games. Now, multiple U.S. lawmakers are demanding the U.S. begin a uh, begin one. We later we later concluded, the GOP did, that it was a super spreader event. This is important because you had thousands of people there. Now, uh, and, and also this, this, this defector is saying it was an intentional release. Yahoo reports House Foreign Affairs Republicans concluded the World Military Games in Wuhan in October 2019 was one of the earliest super spreader events during the pandemic, with their new report contending COVID-19 escaped from a Wuhan lab in late August or early September 2019, with China covering it up for months. When they realized what happened, Chinese Communist Party officials and scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology began frantically covering up the leak, said Republican Rep. Michael McCall. But their cover up was too late. The virus was already spreading throughout the megacity of Wuhan. McCall added, within a month, satellite images show a significant uptick in the number of people at hospitals around the Wuhan Institute of Virology with symptoms similar to COVID-19 at the time. Now, for those of you who may remember, there were reports of a mysterious pneumonia going around. Interesting. Many people describe that when they get COVID, it feels like there's a massive weight on your chest and you struggle to breathe. Because of this, some people panic and they get intubated. Perhaps people were mistaking this for pneumonia or it was a COVID-19 pneumonia. They say, at the same time, athletes at the military world games became sick with symptoms similar to COVID-19. Some of them carried the virus back to their home countries, creating one of the earliest super spreader events in the world and explaining how countries who participated in the games had reported cases as early as November 2019. The new report said its lab leak evidence included athletes at the military world games held in Wuhan in October 2019 who became sick with symptoms similar to COVID-19, both while in Wuhan and also shortly after. The GOP report zeroed in on Wuhan, 
which was picked to host the 7th International Military Sports Council Military World Games in October 2019, during which more than 9,000 military personnel from over 100 countries stayed in Wuhan in accommodations at an athlete's village built built specifically for the games. The Chinese state-run Internet Information Center said in October 2019, there were athletes from 109 countries. China's organizing committee of the 7th International Military Sports Council proclaimed that the charm of sports will put Wuhan in global spotlight. The GOP report noted a since deleted version of the competition's website listed more than 30 venues for the games across Wuhan. One athlete from Luxembourg described one as a ghost town and recalled having his temperature taken upon arriving at the city's airport, saying there were rumors the government warned the inhabitants not to go out. The report said similar claims about COVID-19 like symptoms have been made by athletes from Germany, France, Italy and Sweden. A military athlete from Canada said that on the return flight, dozens of athletes were sick with symptoms ranging from coughs to diarrhea. A German athlete said after a few days, some athletes from my team got ill. I got sick in the last two days. Either it was a very bad cold or COVID-19. I think it was COVID-19. Now, some people are asymptomatic, but I want to stress this point. We, we, we've talked to so many people about COVID-19 at TimCast IRL, and they all tell us how horrifying it is to get. I want to stress that because I think a lot of people are conflating the defense of freedom and liberty with their, their, and, and, and then downplaying COVID-19 as a justification for why they deserve freedom and liberty. Let me make something clear. You are deserving of your rights because they are inalienable to you regardless of any disease. And that being said, there are going to be restrictions based on the severity of certain diseases. And so I can understand some, some COVID precautions and restrictions. I don't mind wearing a mask in certain businesses. If I have a choice to go to a place that doesn't require a mask, I'd probably go there. I don't think vaccine mandates make sense. I don't think that COVID-19 is that bad. I certainly think it is very bad and one of the worst commonly occurring, or I should say widespread viruses that we've seen. Hearing from people who say that it feels like there's a weight on their chest and they can't breathe and they get scared and they wake up and they can't finish, they can't get a word out without getting winded. I'm like, it's bad. And then seeing even posts from people like Laura Loomer, where she's saying the body aches, it's, 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 a, it's downright painful. I want to make, this, make sure this is clear so you understand. I think COVID-19 is extremely serious. I think you should be washing your hands and taking your precautions. And I think you deserve freedom. And I think the government doesn't have a right to impose authoritarian rule. Both can be true at the same time. That being said, they go on to say Republicans had noted that four countries who sent delegations to the Wuhan games have now confirmed the presence of SARS, COVID-19 cases, within their borders in November and December 2019, Italy, Brazil, Sweden, and France, with some athletes complaining of COVID-like symptoms in Wuhan. This is really amazing stuff. Now, you may have seen this report in the past, basically backing up the claims from this whistleblower, or I should say from this defector. Now take a look at the latest revelations from the Telegraph. This one paints a much scarier picture. Wuhan scientists planned to release coronavirus particles into cave bats, leaked papers reveal. Documents reveal researchers applied for $14 million to fund controversial project in 2018. Wuhan and U.S. scientists were planning to release enhanced airborne coronavirus particles into Chinese bat populations to inoculate them against diseases that could jump to humans. Leaked grant proposals dating from 2018 show. New documents show that just 18 months before the first COVID-19 cases appeared, researchers had submitted plans to release skin-penetrating nanoparticles and aerosols con- containing novel chimeric spike proteins of bat coronaviruses into cave bats in Yunnan, China. 
They also plan to create chimeric viruses genetically enhanced to infect humans more easily and requested $14 million from the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, to fund the work. And that's that one I find rather strange. They were releasing spike protein nanoparticles into bats to inoculate them, but then were trying to create enhanced chimeric viruses that could infect humans more easily. Why? Gain of function research. Papers confirmed as genuine by a former member of the Trump administration show they were hoping to introduce human specific cleavage sites to bat coronaviruses, which will make it easier for the virus to enter human cells. When COVID-19 was first genetically sequenced, scientists were puzzled about how the virus had evolved such a human specific adaptation at the cleavage site on the spike protein, which is the reason it is so infectious. The documents were released by Drastic, the web-based investigations team set up, by the set up by scientists from across the world to look into the origins of COVID-19. In a statement, Drastic said, given that we find in this proposal a discussion of the planned introduction of human-specific cleavage sites, a review by the wider scientific community of the plausibility of artificial insertion is warranted. My friends, this report from the Telegraph is straight up saying this was made in a lab. They're saying we don't know how COVID-19 has human infe infection, uh, infectious capabilities. It's so well adapted. It's, it's near perfect. And that in just a year and a half before, they were actively trying to make this. Now, that could mean lab leak. It could mean the defector is correct and it was intentional, perhaps. Or it was a lab leak. I don't know about intent. That one's hard. But I think John Stewart is right. I think I don't know for sure, but I would lean in the direction of John Stewart when he said lab leak. They're going to say the proposal also included plans to mix high risk natural coronavirus strains with more infectious but less dangerous varieties. The bid was submitted by British zoologist Peter Daszak of EcoHealth Alliance, the US based organization which has worked closely with the Wuhan Institute of Virology researching bat coronaviruses. Team members included Dr. Shi Zhengli, the Wuhan Institute of Virology researcher dubbed Batwoman, pictured below as well as U.S. researchers from the University of North Carolina and the United States Geological Survey National Wildlife Health Center. DARPA refused to fund the work, saying, It is clear that the proposed project led by Peter Daszak could have put local communities at risk and warned the team had not properly considered the dangers of enhancing the virus, gain-of-function research, or releasing a vaccine by air. Did you, did you hear that? Releasing a vaccine by air. Now that's something interesting. Grant documents showed the team had also had some concerns about the vaccine program and said they would conduct educational outreach so that there is a public understanding of what we are doing and why we are doing it, particularly because of the practice of bat consumption in the region. This opens up a whole other conspiracy theory, one that would make a really great sci-fi movie. They tried to create an airborne vaccination delivery system of virus, which when breathed in, would inoculate you from other coronavirus strains. Instead, it goes rogue and people start getting sick and dying. It reminds me of Planet of the Apes. You ever see Planet of the Apes? They make that virus for the chimps to increase their intelligence, but it starts killing humans. Not the same thing. But what if that is what I'm not saying it happened. I don't know. I don't even know if lab leak is true. It could be naturally occurring, but I really doubt it at this point. I think all the pieces have aligned to suggest something came out of a lab. How? I don't know. But what if they were trying to release an airborne vaccination? Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, think about the idea. A virus that spreads. I'm not saying it's true, but just think about this idea for a second. A virus that doesn't cause harm to people, but 
forces the body to build up an immunity to other spike protein related viruses. People would then be spreading the vaccine to each other simply by breathing it in. And then their body would develop immunity to to these specific proteins. And then when other viruses come, the body would attack them and shut them down. Isn't that interesting? The mRNA vaccine makes your body produce spike proteins. Spike proteins then get destroyed by your white blood cells. And then your body is trained to attack the, the pathogens when they arise, because they, when, when they enter, because they see the, 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 the spike proteins. I think it would be, regardless of whether or not they did it, it sounds like something somebody working in this field would come up with, right? The fact that they're mentioning this and the DARPA said we don't want to do vaccines by air is really interesting. Grant documents show the team also had some concerns about the vaccine program and said they would conduct educational outreach. Uh, Angus Dalglish, professor of oncology at St. George University in London, who struggled to get work published showing that the Wuhan Institute of Virology had been carrying out gain-of-function work for years before the pandemic, said the research may have gone ahead even without funding. This is clearly a gain-of-function, engineering the cleavage site and polishing this new, new, the new viruses to enhance human cell infectability in more than one cell line. Dashik was also behind a letter published in The Lancet last year, which effectively shut down scientific debate into the origins of COVID-19. Viscount Ridley, who has co-authored a book on the origins of COVID-19 due for release in November, and who has frequently called for further investigation into what caused the pandemic in the House, in the House of Lords, said, For more than a year, I tried repeatedly to ask questions of Peter Dashik with no response. Now it turns out he had authored this vital piece of information about the virus work in Wuhan, but refused to share it with the world. I am furious. So should the world be. Peter Daszak and EcoHealth Alliance proposed injecting deadly chimeric bat coronaviruses collected by the Wuhan Institute of Virology into humanized and batified mice and much, much more. The scary part is they were making infections, infections chimeric. Um, the scary part is they were making infectious chimeric MERS viruses, a source said. The viruses have a fatality rate of over 30%, which is at least an order of magnitude more deadly than SARS-CoV-2. If one of their receptor replacements made MERS spread similarly while maintaining its lethality, the pandemic would be nearly apocalyptic. That's scary. They say this is a COVID-19 researcher from the World Health Organization wishing to remain anonymous. Said it was alarming the grant proposal included plans to enhance MERS. I believe they were doing that. Now, isn't that scary? Here's where things are getting more interesting. The Economic Times, COVID, COVID origins probe, the Lancet does U-turn over lab leak theory. And we have this from the South China Morning Post. Jury still out on lab leak, on lab leak COVID-19 origins, researchers say in the Lancet letter. Signatories call for further investigation of controversial theory and say there is not enough evidence yet to support the natural origins hypothesis. The host pathway from bats to humans has not been identified. A group of scientists have urged more research on the controversial theory that COVID leaked from a lab, issuing the call in a letter in the medical journal The Lancet on Friday. Now that is doubling down, reversing course. My friends, is this partisan? It shouldn't be. I certainly hope not. But it seems to be. From Fox News, John Stewart surprised at meltdown over his belief in coronavirus lab leak theory. Stewart on lab theory once declared debunked by fact checkers. I'm just not sure how that got politicized. I agree. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. The former Daily Show host shocked media observers in June when he launched into a passionate bit on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert about the coincidence that the Wuhan coronavirus emerged in a city with a super lab that experimented on bat coronavirus as saying the disease is the same name as the lab. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter about his new Apple TV project, Stewart cited the Colbert interview while discussing the power of Twitter. It's democratized connection and also democratized destruction. Not to quote MC Hammer, but you can't take that You can't take the measure without considering the measurer. It's kind of the point I was making on Colbert that everybody got mad about, which was these are just tools. We're the ones that F them up. You're referencing your June appearance on The Late Show, where you went all in on the theory that the coronavirus originated from a lab in China. I couldn't tell if Colbert was entertained by your bit or maybe a little nervous, reporter Lacey Rose said. I don't think he was nervous, Stewart said. It's not like he doesn't know what I'm going to say. Listen, How it got to be that if it was a scientific accident is it's conservative. And if it came from a wet market, it's liberal. I don't know. I'm just not sure how that that got politicized. But it was an an elegant way to get to that to get to a bit that I've done for years, which is our good intentioned brilliance will often will will more likely be our demise. The bit is about the last words that man ever utters, which are, hey, it worked. I guess I was a little surprised at the pushback. I'm not. John. Big fan, you've been out of the game for a minute. We're in a tribal world. Critical inquiry is frowned upon if it defies the logic of your cult. Sorry. I can sit next to Alex Jones and criticize him and sit next to Steve Bannon and criticize him and st- sit next to any one of these conservatives and say, I disagree and I object and I think you're wrong. And the conversations persist and people are willing to watch and people call me wrong all the time and they still watch. I do think it's funny how many Trump supporters, you know, like staunch Trump zealots will call me, uh, um, you know, a shill or a grifter or a leftist and they'll still watch. That says something. It really does. I mentioned this before. It says they're willing to watch what people they disagree with have to say. But duh, we all knew that. We know that the Trump supporters are going to mainstream media and fact checking what's being what's being lied about. So that means they're going to watch my content and just tell me I'm wrong. Do people on the left do this? They watch my show and pull clips out of context and then just try and make me look stupid or make you look stupid or make Crowder or anybody, Jimmy Dore or Dave Rubin, Glenn Greenwald, etc. It's very, very different. So, John, when you go out on national TV and espouse an opinion based on facts, if you're challenging the official narrative, you will be called right wing. That's why people got mad. No one who's independent, who's liberal, like truly liberal or conservative got mad that Jon Stewart was saying it looks like it came from a lab. 
In fact, when it comes to vaccinations, while there certainly are a lot of anti-vaxxers who are angry about it, most people on the right just simply say, if you want to get vaccinated, go do it. Go talk to your doctor and see what's right for you, right? And they'll make their arguments for themselves. It's much more individualist. So we can have those conversations. They want to say, while Stewart's progressive comedy made him popular with Democrats and mainstream media during a 16-year run of The Daily Show, some journalists and viewers scolded him for supporting the theory on Colbert's show. Disgraced former CBS News anchor Dan Rather called Stewart's rhetoric dangerous and short-sighted. Washington Post's Paul Waldman fumed that celebrities shouldn't be considered reliable sources of information. And Forbes rounded up viewers uncomfortable with Stewart's words. The reemergence of the lab leak theory as credible or likely after being declared implausible and debunked by fact checkers and media reports in 2020 has led to yet another reckoning for the press on groupthink and bias issues. Some reporters even acknowledged that support for lab leak theory from Republicans like Donald Trump, Mike Pompeo and Tom Cotton played into why it was initially dismissed in the media. Let me just say, because Republicans were right, the Democrats took the opposite approach and are yelling at Jon Stewart for daring to agree with the far right. And that's why people don't want to come on the show with Alex Jones or Steve Bannon. We say, hey, we're going to have some of those prominent figures come on the show and talk about stuff. I reach out to a bunch of leftists and they say, no. You know why? Because Alex Jones would come out and say something like, the elites are screwing over the working class. And they would look into the eyes of the leftist populist and they would say, Alex, you are correct. And you can't have that. You are not allowed to agree if you're in the cult. And see, that proves a point. On the quote unquote right, the not cult, I'll call it, you have people of all different political persuasions disagreeing and having discussions, and there's no fear of cancellation. If I go on a leftist show, no one's going to get mad at me. I've been on Jimmy Dore's show. Nobody got mad at me. In fact, a lot of people were like, oh, that was cool. I've been on a bunch of shows with a bunch of prominent left wing hosts. But if someone on the left goes on a right wing show, they'll get canceled. They'll get insulted. They'll get uh, scolded for legitimizing this stuff because politics only flows in one direction. Jon Stewart, he didn't realize what had happened. He's been gone too long. They say Colbert, a staunch supporter of Democrats, appeared uncomfortable with Stewart's take. At one point, quipping, he sounded like a, a lackey for Senator Ron Johnson. However, Stewart said in the interview that Colbert knew what he was going to say ahead of time. Sure, probably did. And that doesn't mean he liked it because it goes against Democrat narrative. And Colbert is worried about hurting and getting hurt in the ratings. You want to know what's really funny about the Jon Stewart story? You can see where we've come, how far we've come. Back during the Jon Stewart era on, on, on Comedy Central, Jon Stewart was not the most prominent figure in the country. Not by a long shot. He was a cable TV news comedian. And when people turned on The Late Show, they heard about movies and music and pop culture. They decided to bring Colbert to The Late Show from Comedy Central, dropping his persona and just being Colbert, an insufferable liberal elite, basically what he is. He was funny before when he was poking fun at the system. Now he's just part of it. That means the mainstream is now political. But do these people understand anything outside of celebrity gossip? No. So when they come out and Jon Stewart, who was not part of this world at the time, is brought out in front of the the mainstream establishment, they don't get him. They don't like him. He's not a part of their club. He's saying things in defiance to their opinions. And of course, they'll have to criticize him. But Jon Stewart may be right because we have a defector coming out and saying he'd warned about this. And we have a new report about U.S. and Wuhan scientists actually wanting to release COVID particles, I'm sorry, coronavirus particles into cave bats. 
and then do gain of function research. So you draw your own conclusions on this one, and I'll leave it there. Next segment will be tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. I think it's fair to say that Joe Biden is one of the worst presidents we've ever had, and he's in the top three. I mean, you've got uh, Buchanan, um, you've got Jimmy Carter, you've got Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, but I think, you know, for all of Carter's problems, Biden's probably up there. Now, some people have said, you know, it's not fair. It's, you know, it's too soon. It's, it's not even been a year. And I'm like, doesn't that say a lot? It's not even been a year. Okay, well, hold on. I can already hear the Democrats, thousands of voices screaming across the land saying Tim Pool is biased against Democrats. Don't worry, I got something for you. You don't like Joe Biden. Come on, don't pretend like you do. Joe Biden is both simultaneously releasing thousands of migrants across the country, shuttling migrant children into various states, smuggling them overnight without alerting local authorities, and also deporting more people than Donald Trump. It's really something incredible. And it doesn't say, you know, it was, it was interesting to see this story breaking from the AP. Officials say many Haitian migrants are being released in the U.S. And then to see this story from The Intercept from just yesterday in targeting Haitians, Biden may execute the largest mass expulsion of asylum seekers in recent history. Okay, now, now you may be saying, well, hold on there a minute. We have hard facts. AP says Joe Biden is releasing the Haitian migrants into the U.S. And The Intercept is just arguing he might have the biggest expulsion of uh, asylum seekers in recent history. All right, let's play this game and then I'll give you the news. Asylum seekers. Sure. Do we just blindly call every single person an asylum seeker or a legal immigrant? I don't know what you want to what you want to do about it, right? Because there's there's no unauthorized immigrant. I think the AP has said many of these people are seeking asylum, but that doesn't mean they legitimately have claims to asylum. Of course, the intercept will load the, the headline that way, and so we can see on the left they're saying Biden is going to expel the more asylum seekers than any other president. Meanwhile, the AP is saying he's releasing everybody in the country. So let's talk about what's objectively true. It is true, as long as we actually follow the mainstream news, that Biden is releasing the Haitian migrants. It is a speculation that he might expel them. In targeting Haitians, Biden may actually the largest may. Okay, so this is not even news. This is an opinion piece. Excellent. Ryan Devereaux. I know, Ryan. Ryan, this is an opinion piece. Okay, can you put opinion on it? You see, once we launch our fact-checking nonprofit, which you've already filed the paperwork on, this would get a strike for opinion. Biden may execute the largest mass expulsion of asylum seekers in recent history. That's your opinion. We don't know that he actually may do that. That's an opinion, not a fact. Now, they might argue it's a fact, but when you you couple this with the other story about them just being released, not true. But I, I do want to point something out. On the left, there's another conversation happening that Joe Biden is an evil deporter. And that's where the narrative comes from. From tracking Biden from the left on Twitter, according to CNBC, President Biden has used Title 42 to expel 690,000 people, 250,000 more people than Trump. AJ Plus says Trump expelled 440,000, Biden 200, uh, I'm sorry, 690,000, which means in all of Trump's years, He did not deport that many people under Title 42. Joe Biden has done more. So it's really, really fascinating. And I'm trying to reconcile this. Like, 
How is it that on the left you say Joe Biden is is you know allowing rampant illegal immigration? Uh, I'm sorry. On the right you have people saying Joe Biden's allowing rampant rampant illegal immigration. On the left you say they, they say Joe Biden is is deporting massive amounts of people and asylum seekers, and you have these two distinct universes that don't seem to make sense. How can they exist at the same time? Well, far be it from me to argue that Joe Biden has uh, strong mental faculties and has pre- pre- prepared all of this in an effort to pit the left and the right against each other. I really don't think that's the case. I think Joe Biden's a nut. I think his brain don't work. And I think he has no idea what's going on. I think the southern border has collapsed. Joe Biden is trying to deport many people, but can't handle the surge that he asked for. Joe Biden said, surge the border. He did. I'm pretty sure I covered this when it happened. Alex Jones was mentioning it on the show on the IRL, you know, a couple days ago. And I was like, he didn't say like that. And, and Alex is like, pull it up. And then we, we pulled up the article. And yeah, Joe Biden says, surge the border. Everyone come. And it, no kidding. OK, so I'll put it this way. Joe Biden is both simultaneously telling people to come and then deporting them. Talk about a scumbag who is wasting American taxpayer dollars. Would it not be cheaper for everybody just to say, don't come and then secure the border? No. It accomplishes both narratives. The left can ignore the fact that Joe Biden is allowing thousands of migrants just to pour in and do whatever they want and pretend like Joe Biden is the new deporter in chief. And the right will just say, look at the southern border, all these people pouring in. And the reality is Joe Biden has just lost control of everything. So I'll put it this way. It kind of feels like you remember remember those old cartoons where one of the characters on a boat and then a spring, a leak springs in the boat. And they're like, oh, no, they put their finger in it. But then another leak springs and they put their finger in it. And then eventually they have all their fingers and toes and they're all like, you know, twisted up trying to plug the holes that are bursting in their ship. That's what it feels like. Joe Biden can't handle the wave of immigrants due to the southern border crisis he created. And he did. Chicago Tribune says it. And I have this. And, and he said, surge the border. And so he's desperately trying to bail water as the waters rise faster. The left criticizes him, criticizes him for trying to get rid of the migrants. But the flow of migrants is greater than the rate of deportation. So he gets he gets hit from both sides. Here's a story from the Associated Press. They say many Haitian migrants camped in a small Texas border town are being released into the U.S. Uh, in the United States Two U.S. officials said, undercutting the Biden administration's public statements, that the thousands in the camp faced immediate expulsion. Haitians have been freed on a very, very large scale in recent days, according to one U.S. official who put the figure in the thousands. The official, who has direct knowledge of operations, was not authorized to discuss the matter Tuesday and spoke on the condition of anonymity. Many have been released without notices to appear at an immigration office within 60 days an outcome that requires less processing time from Border Patrol agents than ordering an appearance in an immigration court and points to the speed at which authorities are moving, the official said. The Homeland Security Department has been busing Haitians from Del Rio to El Paso, Laredo, and the Rio Grande Valley along the Texas border this week, added flights to Tucson, Arizona, the official said. They are processed by the Border Patrol at those locations. So let me just point out the obvious. Why does Joe Biden have more deportations than Trump? under Title 42, particularly, uh, because he lost control of the border and now these people are surging in and he's desperately trying to get some many of them out. Well, there you go. And now the, 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 the myopic view of the left, they will criticize him as just being an anti-asylum deporter in chief when the reality is Joe Biden created this problem himself and is struggling to, to do anything about it. I have to wonder 
if he has the mental faculties or the willpower, let alone the wherewithal to handle something like this. The AP says a second U.S. official, also with direct knowledge and speaking in the condition of anonymity, said large numbers of Haitians were being processed under immigration laws and not being placed on expulsion flights to Haiti that started Sunday. The official couldn't be more specific about how many. U.S. authorities scrambled in recent days for buses to Tucson, but resorted to flights when they couldn't find enough transportation contractors, both officials said. Coast Guard planes took Haitians from Del Rio to El Paso. The releases in the U.S. were occurring despite the signaling of a massive effort to expel Haitians on flights to Haiti under pandemic-related authority that denies migrants an opportunity to seek asylum. A third U.S. official not authorized to discuss operations said there were seven daily flights to Haiti planned starting Wednesday. Accounts of wide-scale releases. Some observed at the Del Rio bus station by AP journalists are at odds with statements a day earlier by Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, who traveled to Del Rio to promise swift action. Oh, my stars and garters. Is the Biden administration lying about what's happening? I couldn't believe it. If you come to the United States illegally, you will be returned. Your journey will not succeed. And you'll be endangering your life and your family's life, he said at a Monday news conference. You know, as the saying goes, the lie travels halfway around the world before the truth can strap on his boots. Let me bring you back, my friends, to March 24th, 2021. The Chicago Tribune. Biden called for the border surge. Now he owns it. This is not even that long ago. And we have this quote here. He was asked, are you prepared to say tonight that you and Obama made a mistake on deportations? Why should Latinos trust you? This is from Jorge Ramos. Biden said, I would in fact make sure that there is that we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We are a nation that says, if you want to flee and you are fleeing oppression, you should come. Flee, they did. And come, they did, surging. Some wearing Biden t-shirts, reading, Biden, please let us in. They see him as the migrant president. And so many feel they're going to reach the U.S., Mexican President Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador said of Biden in an exclusive report by Reuters. We need to work together to regulate the flow because this business can't be tackled from one day to the next. As President Biden immediately stops construction on the border wall and begins to unravel at the end of the Trump administration uh, and end Trump administration policy that kept the border better contained. The most significant of these changes was Biden ending the Trump administration remain in Mexico order that kept migrants from rushing the border when they appealed for amnesty status. Well, as we now know, uh, I believe the courts have reinstated remain in Mexico. Joe Biden damaged the border, ripped it open and said, come on in, baby. So that when the left comes out and says, Joe Biden is deporting more people. Yeah, it's kind of like he's doing He's pulling a sorting algorithm. I would say that he's doing a sorting algorithm if I believe that he had any kind of competence. But instead, it just feels like he opened the dam. The floodwaters are rushing in. And now he's trying to remove those floodwaters with a bucket. It's not going to work. You've got to shut down that you've got you've got to reseal the dam. They're not doing it. And so long as that's the case and, and, and migrants are flowing in and rushing in, the only thing they can do is welcome to America, I suppose. They say the releases come amid a quick effort to empty the camp under a bridge that, according to some estimates, held more than 14,000 people. Now, let, 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 let's do some uh, basic arithmetic. You see, recently there were many stories about the, the, uh, the squalor in which these migrants were, were living in under this bridge. We also learned they were walking back and forth between Mexico and the U.S. for carryout, because that means you have a strong border, right? Several journalists launched drones to fly over the border to film the camp. And the Biden administration, the FAA, put a ban on drone flights 
over this area. Seems pretty obvious why they did that. And then we learn that thousands of these people have been freed into the U.S. Do I believe that Joe Biden is trying to deal with the migrant crisis and send these people home and say no or deny them or even over process their asylum claims? No. I think the goal was pressure release valve. Get as many into the country as you can, and then we'll have a less of a crisis. You see how these things work? Put it this way. You've got 14,000 people living in a shanty town, a tent city under a bridge, under and around this bridge. And it looks really bad for you. You could deport the people, secure the border, and stop the growth of this shanty town. Or you can release them into the U.S., release pictures of a smaller shanty town, and say, see, we're dealing with the problem. Quite literally sweeping people under the rug. Isn't that amazing? They say the criteria for, de- for deciding who was flown to Haiti and who was released to the U.S. is unclear. But two U.S. officials said, a sing- said single adults were the priority for expulsion flights. The Homeland Security Department did not immediately respond to a request for comment late Tuesday night. Meanwhile, Mexico has begun busing and flying Haitian migrants away from the U.S. border, authorities said Tuesday, signaling a, signaling a new level for support of support for the U.S. as the camp uh, as the camp presented President Joe Biden with a humanitarian and increasingly political challenge. There's a viral uh, post on Reddit where all of the insane morons live, where I think it was Matt Walsh. And he said something similar to what I said. Why are Haitian migrants who are, live thousands of miles away from Mexico? You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. Getting on boats and planes to Mexico and then coming through Del Rio. He didn't say that specifically. He said, why are they coming through the Del Rio border when they live thousands of miles away? And someone responded, Wait until Matt learns about boats and planes. And then all of these cult morons start laughing (laughs) like, uh, uh, hold on there a minute. You see, if you lack the ability to think critically, you would just chortle along. But if you can think critically, you may be asking yourself, why is it that people in Haiti are taking boats and planes to Mexico instead of America? Because the border is broken and they know it. They are exploiting the crisis created by Joe Biden. Well, bravo, Joe Biden, on destroying the southern border. You wanted to end Trump's legacy. You did it. And now you have like several dozen eggs on your face, I guess. But I don't know that Joe Biden cares. I mean, let's be real. Joe Biden is perfect for the establishment right now. They wanted to unravel Donald Trump's policies, Donald Trump's policies that were very popular. The economy was a roaring before COVID. Securing the border made everybody happy. Not everybody, but most people, you know, a lot of these cult members are like, no, wall. even though Hillary Clinton wanted a border barrier, as she called it. 
Bringing back jobs made people happy. What was it? A $3 billion investment in Michi- into, I think it was Ohio. It might have been Michigan. No, I think it was Michigan for uh, auto manufacturing. You see, those Trump policies, they make Americans happy. Well, they want to undo the Trump agenda. But what happens when you go in, you undo the Trump agenda that was popular? People going to get mad. So what do you do? Joe Biden. He was perfect, wasn't he? He didn't campaign. He was calling a lid. He, it, he was the corporeal form they needed, so they say, so that when people voted against Trump, they got Joe Biden. And you know what? It's perfect. Joe Biden can be Jimmy Carter. It's like it reminds me of, uh, of Batman. That's right. Joe Biden, just like Batman. At the end of the dark night, when uh, Harvey Dent dies and they're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to say about these people who are murdered? And Batman's like, I did that. I can be that hero. And that's Joe Biden taking the fall for destroying popular policies. Okay, he's kind of like an anti-Batman, right? He's like old and decrepit, not, you know, uh, strong, well-fit and well-funded. Although the dude did become rich after leaving the vice presidency. But I'll put it this way. Joe Biden is providing excellent cover for the establishment as they tear down popular policies that hurt the working class. The, The establishment left is cheering for it as the fires consume our economy. And the progressive left is acting like Trump was worse. Isn't that incredible? When you look at Trump's policies and you're like, wow, we had actually accomplished many of the goals of the left, which is funny. This is the problem I have with the with the DSA types and the popular progressive streamers. It is a fact that under Trump, many economic milestones were accomplished due to the roaring economy. In 2019, there was an article I was reading because 2020's economy was not good because of COVID. But in 2019, there's an article I read. It said uh, it was a series of articles actually talking about major accomplishments in the workforce without the use of government intervention or labor unions. Notably, some fast food chains had switched to four-day work weeks with increased pay. More businesses were offering up vacation time, and and the lives of the working class were generally improving. All that stuff is true. The left often says we need a four-day work week. We need uh, better pay. We need to increase minimum wage. Under Trump, wages were increasing. Under Biden, real wage growth is negative. Now, of course, when you look at the literal wage growth, it's like, oh, it's a little bit higher than inflation, right? Except with inflation, wage growth is negative. The American people right now, regardless of whether or not they get $15 an hour, are seeing their buying power decrease. It was different under Trump. And you know what? I guess I often I think about a lot of this stuff, right? Living in cities, people not having kids, the economy being destroyed. And I'm like, for the left, well, they can reap what they sow. If they want to live in these cities and be locked down and they're scared and terrified, well, you know, sure, they can choose to live the way they want. For the people who still live in these places, watching them figuratively burn down, and literally, I guess, with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, I have to wonder, why are you still there? A lot of people say, because I can't leave. And that's a lie. I've been homeless before. It is a lie. I once had an apartment in Chicago. I completely just up and left, choosing to be homeless in California. Yeah, I was young. I was excited. I wanted to travel. And I think it ultimately worked out. So I said, I'm going to leave my apartment, sell all my stuff, and just go to California and try and do something different. Chicago is a one-horse town, you know? It's a cultural dead end. There's nothing going on. So I had 200 bucks. Uh, I did a ride share to California, and there you go. I found a job. 
found someone let me crash at their place. Uh, I had bounced around couches for a little bit, lucky enough to have met people that, you know, so I'll put it this way. Perhaps there are people in harder circumstances. Perhaps you have a family. I understand that can be difficult. A lot of people say I'm tied to my mortgage. I can't just leave. I understand all of that. I do. But the, the, the reality is nothing is stopping you from literally walking out the front door and going somewhere else. Now, of course, people would give me arguments that don't actually address the issue, saying I have a bunch of possessions. I have a mortgage. I can't quit my job. How will I feed my kids? And I'm like, I understand life is hard. I understand it will be very, very, very difficult and nigh impossible to maintain your standard of living. Quite literally, though, if it was really that bad, you can walk. What I mean to say is, if where you lived in a city, right? So, so those of you that live in cities still that oppose this stuff, you're like, I can't just leave. Well, hold on there a minute. Your standard of living right now is better than abandoning it to get out of the cities. The problems you are facing in those cities is not great enough for you to decide that it is worth leaving your stuff behind. You see the point? If it ever got to a point where it was a Mad Max style or escape from New York kind of living, you'd leave in two seconds. You'd be like, I'll put it this way, a fire. When you're in your house and the house starts on fire and the fire's bad, depending on the degree of fire, you might do something. Well, I think a lot of people might be foolish. They hear a smoke alarm go off and they grab something. So you should have a bug out bag for, you know, with shoes and so, and, and so you can go outside and, and be safe and cash and, and stuff like that, a flashlight, maybe even a tent. I don't know. Find a good bug out bag. But if you were in your house and a fire started, you wouldn't say, I'm not leaving until I get my stuff out of here. You may be saying, I will not leave this house until I get my kids out of here. That I can understand. But even with a roaring fire, at a certain point, you say the threat to me is greater than the possessions in the house and you will leave them behind. For the time being, the people, are, the people who are complaining about cities, people like me, I left. And I understand not easy, not as, not, not as, it's not as easy for everybody. But the people who live in these cities are basically saying, right now, the threat to me and my family it's not enough to warrant me just walking out the front door and getting out of this place. For some people, it was people in Minnesota where the riots were. So I get it. But I will say, do you want to sit and wait for the fires to reach your living room where you're sitting? Or is it a small enough fire that's being struggled? To, you know, the garage is on fire. They can't contain it. And so you're like, OK, it's nowhere near this part of the house. I'm going to go downstairs and try and grab, you know, my wallet. Or I'm, I'm going to go into my room, grab my wallet. I've got about 10 seconds. I think I can pull it off. It kind of feels like people are sitting in their living rooms with the fire's raging and they're like, nah, I'll be fine. And I'm like, maybe you should be thinking about what you're going to be doing once that fire reaches the living room. And okay, okay, maybe a lot of people are. So I'll put it this way. Joe Biden may be deporting a lot of people, but he's, he can't contain the southern border. So long as people are walking back and forth, I think it's fairly obvious there is no containment at all. In which case, I hope you're getting ready for that fire as it reaches your living room. You may be sitting there saying, I can't just leave, Tim. It's not that easy. And I'm like, OK, but you better start figuring out what you're going to do when it does get substantially worse. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all then. Black Lives Matter is protesting vaccination mandates because they say it is being weaponized to allow segregation. And you know what? They are correct. Now, this all stems from a story at a New York City you may have heard of. Carmine's, a restaurant where several women were seen fighting with a hostess. 
Apparently, they were accused of having fake vaccine cards. They got they, they fought, ultimately got arrested. What I find fascinating, though, is that the police did not charge these women with forgery of fake vaccine cards. They were tourists from Texas, but the story is a little bit more complicated than first laid out. You see, it would appear that initially these women arrived, there's three black women, to the restaurant and were allowed to enter. They were seated. But three men came to join and two of them did not have proof of vaccination. When the women came out, they were then accused of having fake vaccine cards and a fight breaks out. According to security footage, it's reported, the tourists, the black women, swung at the Asian hostess first. A fight broke out and the cops came and arrested these individuals. These women accused the hostess of using derogatory comments and saying the N-word. Now, I'll say this. It's a he said, he said, she said in this regard. I don't know if this woman actually said that. I kind of would be surprised if that was the case. And it may be that these women are exaggerating and trying to play up racism to win a feud. I do find it fascinating, however, they were accused of having fake vaccine cards, regardless of the other two men, but were not charged with it. And that's why I am saying to you right now, first, uh, there's several points to be made, why I do think that the vaccine mandate is, is being weaponized and will be weaponized by racists. The first thing, let me say, New York City is racist. Democrats are racist. Not every single Democrat, but many of them, especially uh, the, the, the politically initiated ones. Critical race theory is an overtly racist ideology that advocates for race-based policies. That is wrong. And I think these people are racist. The Democratic Party has always been racist in some fashion. They claim the party switched, but it, to me, it looks the exact same. Still the party opposing civil rights. Sure. The Democrats in New York City like to talk about systemic racism and institutional racism. And I think people who don't live there need to realize that New York is a particularly racist place. They do have institutional and systemic racism. It does exist. And the crazy thing to me is that they're conservatives who are like arguing to me that the Democrat stronghold of the United States is not racist. And I'm like, let's just stop and pause for one second. And I'll ask you this question. Do you think Democrats are racist? Overwhelming majority of Republicans would say yes. I would agree. Why? Critical race theory. I lived in Chicago. I've experienced their policies firsthand. Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York, talked about how he would racially profile people because of crime rates. So yeah, stop and frisk, for instance. Why would it be surprising to any conservative to hear that the Democrat stronghold has racism problems? And that being said, there are laws in place to prevent discrimination. What do we get now? There's a viral video. I don't know the full context, and I'm not saying these people are being are absolutely correct. Context matters. But there was a video where a man goes to a restaurant and he's asked, he's a black man and with his family, he's asked for proof of vaccination and he says he's religiously exempt. This man in a blue shirt then says, well, you have to leave then. The man filming says, no, I don't. I'm religiously exempt. They argue. Eventually, the black man starts yelling to people, is this the America you want? This is segregation. And people are cheering for it. The black man then points out to the guy who's asking for proof of vaccination, you didn't ask any of these other people, just them when they walked in. Now, in this particular instance, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if this guy was just like barging his way in and they were like, stop, stop, we need proof of vaccination. And maybe the, the guy running the store really did ask everyone. But let's, uh, let, let's talk about something for a second. I think it's, it's, it's likely people of New York being Democrat voters that many of them are racist. I think the policies, the mayors, the politician, the, all, all of it has had a lot of racism problems. I mean, it is a Democrat stronghold. Not every Democrat's a racist, mind you, but there are a lot of them. They say the same thing of Republicans. There are a lot of Republicans that are racist. I'm not denying that. I'm, I'm, I agree. 
Not every single one, but enough in, in, in New York City, I think, to be fair. Michael Bloomberg racially profiled people. And now we have the systemic racism, as, it's, as it were, of vaccination status. White people are substantially more likely to be vaccinated. Black people are not. So what do you get? Restaurants probably know this. Not every single one, but enough. They hear on the news. White people in New York City are 80% vaccinated. Black people are only 35% vaccinated. And so what do they do? Well, it's very difficult to check vaccine status of every single patron of your business, especially if your capacity is 100, 200. It can, it can be tough, right? So I can only imagine that there are there is a potential for this at the very least, where a white family walks in and there's a guy behind the counter and he's like, you know, handling the till and taking orders or whatever. And he sees the white family and says, well, the news says they're most likely vaccinated, so I'm not going to waste my time. And then he sees a black family come in and he says, well, the news says they're not probably not vaccinated. I better I better check them. Racial profiling based on media. I'm not saying that is what happened. I'm just saying it's possible. And I got to be honest, I think it has happened already. We just haven't heard about it. In this instance with Carmines, these women were accused of, having, accused of having fake vaccine cards. The police didn't charge them with this. So who is this hostess to try and use that against them? I don't know. Maybe racists? Okay, maybe it's bold to say. Maybe we hear there's too many, you know, we hear the claims of racism too much and most people aren't racist. Okay, let me just explain. A regular business in New York would have a really difficult time discriminating on the basis of race because somebody would show up and they'd say something like, oh, this person happens to have this identity or this national origin or this religion. We reserve the right to refuse service to anybody, so get out. And that person can say I was given no reason and it was clearly because of my religion or my preference or whatever, right? And then you could maybe sue and have that challenged. With the vaccine mandate, it's so much easier. You, 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 can, you can have a hostess or a vaccine passport checker for your bar, and they can simply say, uh oh, here comes one of those people. I'm sorry, I can't verify this card. You can't come in. And then what do they say? That person files a suit saying they were just discriminating against me because of my race. And they say, no, the vaccine card they gave us was questionable and we didn't want to get fined. We were told we had to check. And if he didn't have it, we, we said, I'm sorry, I can't accept this. And there it is. Now they have an excuse so that if anybody comes to their, their place of business, they can deny them and just fall back on. We were forced to check their ID and it didn't seem real. Now, you may be saying when it comes to bars, they require ID. Yes. Bars often kick people out citing their ID didn't look real, and they can use that to discriminate. Uh Oh, one of these guys. Sorry, I don't think this ID is real. There's a challenge, however. If someone is over the age of 21 and there's a guy who's got bags under his eyes, liver spots and a huge beard, you can't be like, this guy's clearly 19. But the vaccine card's something special because now anyone can show up and you can say, I can't verify this one and I'm not going to get in trouble. And thus the bouncers can then start removing anybody with little, little, with little recourse. These people would have to do anything about it. So you know what? It's one of those rare instances. I agree with Black Lives Matter. The vaccine passports are wrong and they open the door to overt and extreme discrimination and racism against everybody. Businesses should not be, in my opinion, should not be able to discriminate on the basis of race, national origin, identity, etc. If you are in the commons and utilizing public spaces, you must accommodate the public. Now, you got a business in New York, you can say, and in fact, you can do this anywhere now. Just because the state, your, your state doesn't have a mandate, any business could do it. Oh, let's see. Uh, you didn't have proof of vaccination. You can't come in. 
Now, truth be told, if it was in a state without a mandate, you would have to treat everyone equally. So you, you'd only be able to allow people allowed to let people in who have the card. But think about the discretion you have in a place like New York or L.A. or New Orleans or San Francisco, where and uh, there was another state that was doing it. Uh, L.A. just did it. You can just say, OK, your vaccine card's good. Your vaccine card's bad. And nothing can be done about it. Now, I don't like Black Lives Matter going around rioting and smashing things up. I don't like their tacit support of Antifa. But on principle, if they come out and say that vaccine mandates are being weaponized and they're bad, I'm like, I see it. Here's a story from the National Review. This is interesting stuff. After a skirmish involving New York City's vaccine mandate and African-American patrons erupted at Carmine's restaurant in the Upper West Side last week, Black Lives Matter of Greater New York and related organizations converged in front of the establishment Monday to protest and hold a news conference. The original police report detailed that three black women from Texas got into an altercation with a 24-year-old hostess on Thursday after she asked them to provide proof of vaccination to eat indoors. However, subsequent information from the attorneys for both Carmines and the women revealed the trio did in fact present verification of vaccination to enter. Shortly after the women's group was seated, three men arrived to join the party inside, but two were denied entry because they failed to provide vaccination documentation. Lawyers from both sides confirmed to the New York Times. A fight broke out outside when a hostess allegedly used a racial slur. I'm not sure I believe that, but and this had made derogatory, derogatory remarks directed at the female customers, accusing them of carrying fraudulent vaccination cards. The lawyer who represents one of the women, Keita Nikinge Rankin, who is a doctor, told the Times. Justin Moore, the lawyer, said the women claimed the hostess spewed out the N-word after the brawl. NYPD arrested the three black women for investigation of criminal mischief and assault, but not for forgery of documentation. And so if this hostess has the ability to accuse them of that and deny them entrance, can't you see where the problem is? They say organized by Black Lives Matter Greater New York, demonstrators congregated Monday to clarify the story from their perspective. At the rally, the speakers railed against the racial obscenity that was allegedly uttered, as well as the perceived discrimination against the black unvaccinated patrons. While protesters claimed the hostess was white, invoking white supremacy multiple times, Carmine's owner, Jeffrey Banks, told the New York Post the employees who he says were violently attacked were black, Latina, Asian American. No, nah, I'm not playing this game. No, nah, I think Carmine's is racist. I really, really do. I think these progressives racially profile people based off the information they got from the news about black people being less likely to be vaccinated. And now they're going to profile and they're going to double down. Why? Because they don't want to be accused of racism. But I've seen it in New York and I believe it. There are certainly a lot of people who are not racist, but there are many people who are. And I'm not going to sit back while these businesses who are willing to lick the feet of Bill de Blasio open up the door to overt segregation and the destructions of the destruction of the Civil Rights Act. Now, Carmines can come out and say, we're not racist. We're not. We swear. And I'll be like, you are enacting an illegal policy, discriminating against people based on religious or medical reasons. You don't care. Now, apparently racial reasons. If a business is willing to say, I will violate the ADA and the 1964 Civil Rights Act, then or I, and I, should, I, I guess technically Civil Rights Act, but the First Amendment then perhaps it's important to point out why would they not also be inclined to discriminate on the basis of race? OK, they're violating the Americans with Disability Act because of people's right to uh, if, if you're medically exempt, you should be able to go to a business. And that's, you know, some, some people like they got to build buildings with with, uh, with wheelchairs. If your doctor says you can't get it for some reason, you shouldn't be barred a public accommodation. Then there's religion. It's a First Amendment issue. 
If your religion says you cannot do it, then you can't do it. I mean, religion is people's lives, their world, it's their eternity. That's a scary thought to take that away. And so you mean to tell me that these businesses are gleefully with a smile on their face saying we will violate city law, state law and federal law to enforce a decree from the from the from the mayor. But they're not going to do it for racist reasons. So the simple question here, do you think Democrats are racist? Most conservatives will say yes. Democrats would say no. So do you think, Okay, how about this? Do you think some people, some Democrats in New York are racist? Okay, now more people are going to say yes. I'll make it even easier for all of you. Do you think there are crazy people in New York who are not Democrats who are racist and run businesses? The answer? Well, of course. Do you think it makes sense then to put in place a policy where the crazy racists can get jobs and start barring people based on race? That is going to create problems. We shouldn't allow it. They want to say, BLM NYC co-founder Hank Newsom alleged the restaurant staff treated the black woman with hostility and accused Carmines of covering up their employees' actions by using the vaccination passport as an excuse. He demanded that Carmines release its video footage of the incident, which he believes will settle that the hostess was the antagonizer and the three women, three women were wrongfully charged. Well, it actually, it, it shows the, uh, the tourists, the women throwing the first punches. So I, I will say this. Black Lives Matter is not being completely forthcoming and they're not completely correct when it comes to what's going on. The surveillance footage shows that. But they are right in principle that the vaccine mandate probably already has been used by racists in New York City to bar certain people from their establishment on the grounds of we do not believe your vaccine card is real. Take into consideration the idea of systemic racism and New York City is systemically racist. Here's what's interesting. There's a video from Mythicist Milwaukee. You may have seen those guys. We did an event with them a couple years ago. And they ask Ibram X. Kendi, the anti-racist. He says that any law or policy that disproportionately impacts someone of a particular race is institutionally racist. You may have heard this from us uh, over and over again. Then where is Ibram Kendi to come out and say, okay, then vaccine mandates are racist because black people are less likely to be vaccinated. He didn't. And when challenged on it, he didn't give a real answer because he's a grifter. He has no principles. He can't even just say, yeah, maybe not in all cases. Maybe, I'm, maybe I was wrong to be so general in that regard. I think a lot of policies that would, uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, you can find policies that disproportionately affect people of different races and say it's systemically racist. In this regard, though, maybe it's a bit different because of a national emergency and people's choice. He could have said something like that. Instead, well, he can't. He is wishy-washy. I think it just goes to show the reality is grifters, lies, and manipulation. But Hank Newsom seems to be a good dude, though. I've seen this guy. He's Black Lives Matter all the way. All right. He believes in this stuff. I'm not a big fan of Black Lives Matter as an organization. But he also was willing to do interviews and talk with people on the right. And it was Hank Newsom. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Hank who showed up at the mother of all rallies, this Trump rally. And he went up on stage and he celebrated with Trump supporters and they, they were hugging and they were in agreement, you see, because I see Hank as a good faith guy. I, you know, you can accuse him of, of a lot of stuff. And I'm like, I think he's trying. I think he really is. But, you know, when I talk to Ian, for instance, if you watch the Tim Castell podcast, Ian believes that's how everyone is. And it's not true. When writers from these mainstream leftist publications willingly and overtly lie about you and me and other people, we know they're doing it on purpose because they're bad people. 
Hank's not lying to people. He might be wrong, but it seems like he's genuinely trying to do the right thing. See, that's that's rare. The truth is there are people on the right who go on YouTube and lie as well. The difference, the left has institutional power. The right does not. That needs to be taken into consideration. They go on to say, have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Shivona Newsom, the other co-founder of BLMNYC, targeted Bill de Blasio's vaccine mandate more specifically in her remarks. She implied that the edict has resulted in repeats of historical episodes when blacks were disenfranchised from society. Being a doctor does not protect you from anti-blackness. Having a vaccination card does not protect you from discrimination. The 1964 Civil Rights Act prohibits the actions of Carmines. It says it is illegal to discriminate against you on the basis of race. 72% of black people in the city from ages 18 to 44 are unvaccinated. So what is going to stop the Gestapo, I mean, the NYPD, from rounding up black people, from snatching them off the train, off the bus, she added. Okay, well, hold on. That's not happening right now. But I agree. I agree with this woman. I think she's absolutely right. How far away are we from being Australia but Tim, they're not rounding people up to bring them to camps. No, they're just taking from the airports to the camps. And they have taken people from their homes to put them in indefinite quarantine at hotels. And now they say these camps are so that we don't have to use the hotels. So how much longer till we see it? I watched a video today. I don't know how old it is. Of a woman wearing a sand- She has poster board over her neck protesting. They arrest her in Australia. When Chivona Newsom comes out, and says, what's going to stop the Gestapo from rounding up black people, snatching them, off a tr- uh, uh, snatching them off the train, off the bus? I agree. What is going to stop them? When people sit back and let cops do this, what's going to stop them? Now, I've heard NYPD isn't enforcing this stuff. They're refusing to. Okay. So it's, it's just these businesses like Carmine's to enforce. If the cops aren't enforcing it, I got no beef in this regard with any police officer. And this is what I've said before. When Antifa was destroying small businesses, I blamed Antifa and said they were bad. When the police went around locking people down, the police were the bad guys. And I warned the conservatives, if the police are going to turn into the Gestapo, you better call for abolition of them immediately, especially considering what the governments are doing with vaccine mandates. If cops are willing to enforce unconstitutional edict, then they should not be granted power. That's criminal. To violate the law of this land is to violate your oath. I think it's fascinating that I'm sitting here agreeing with Black Lives Matter. I believe if we stay on this path, 
considering 72% of black people are not vaccinated, 18 to 44 unvaccinated, then what happens one day when the police start saying, oh, we got to get rid of the unclean? Yeah, we can't have that. We are putting this city on notice that your mandate will not be another racist social distance practice. Black people are not going to stand by or you will see another uprising. And that is not a threat. That is a promise. The vaccination passport is not a free passport to racism. Completely agree. Now, I think across the board, the vaccine mandate is bad because it allows discrimination in any, every capacity. And it's forcing people to undergo a medical procedure by state edict, which is insane. But in this capacity, I do believe it will be used by racists who live in New York, who vote Democrat to bar people based on race. And it's wrong in general. In this capacity, I agree with the Black Lives Matter protest 100%. What I mean by that is, I think there's things they're missing. But if the crux of their statement is, you will use this to discriminate, I agree they will. Not every single person, but enough. The state should not be mandating this. And it will lead, if we stay on this path, to the rounding up of black people. I will say I'd go further. I think it'll lead to the rounding up of more than just black people. And it'll disproportionately affect everybody. But when I say 100%, I agree with them. I mean, in the points she made, I think we will see that. I think Bill de Blasio is an overt racist. I really do. You know, I understand, uh, you know, he's got a black wife and people are like, that's not an excuse. I think these people are nuts. These critical race theorists, the black lives, I think black lives matter themselves hold racist ideology. 100%. That's why I say I do not agree with them, nor do I like their movement. But on principle, when I look at what they're saying now, I'm like, yes. So if they're going to stand up and say no to the vaccine mandates and they're going to say it's because we're worried about racism, I would say, you know, I think they're right about the racism part. I think Bill de Blasio, I think the progressives and the Democrats in New York City are overtly racist. I think they have instituted racist policies in the past. Michael Bloomberg has said they do racial profiling. And you know what? I agree with them. I'd take it one step further. The mandates should be gone for a variety of reasons, not just the race ones. But I understand why Black Lives Matter is concerned specifically about race. So I say this to you. Liberals, conservatives, moderates, independents, whatever, wherever you might find yourself. Is it not true that there are many racists in the Democratic Party? People on the right will instantly, instantly say yes. People on the left will say no. But people on the left will say New York City has racism problems. And people on the right will push back and say systemic racism doesn't exist. Is it not possible? Democrats, that the people in power in New York City are legitimately racist, and that's why they have racist policies in place decades after the Civil Rights Act? And conservatives, isn't it possible that the Democrats who live in New York City who are racist implement racist policies? I mean, you think they're racist, right? It's really that simple. These people are sitting around them surrounded by racists complaining about racism. When we, we talked about this with male feminists back in the day during the Gamergate stuff. If there is a feminist, a woman, surrounded by male feminists, and male feminists tend to be abusers, as we've seen, then she's going to assume, she's like, every guy I know does this. Lady, you're just hanging out with abusers. Black Lives Matter. Demo you know, progressives, you're just in racist cities. So I'm about to the middle of nowhere. And what I find, people are not racist out here. They'll say crude, crass things. They'll make off-color comments, but they treat everyone with respect, regardless of what their ideas or opinions are. That, to me, is important. I think that's what matters. But I'll leave it there. Keep this stuff in mind. Maybe there's some unity we can have with Black Lives Matter to, to strike this stuff down. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.